Hi, everyone. I'm Emily Newman, and you're listening to If I Made a Podcast, where we talk about what it takes to build your business from the ground up without sacrificing your creativity along the way. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Episode seven of If I Made a Podcast, email marketing versus Instagram, the ultimate showdown. So this has been quite a journey for us over the last four years. If you've been in the industry for a long time, you've seen the evolution of Instagram, right? So when we first launched our course, Wedding Selling 101, it was the first course we ever launched on If I Made. Instagram was in its heyday. Every single post you put up, your audience saw, and it was a beautiful thing. We actually didn't have to do, I think we sent out two emails when we launched Wedding Styling 101 initially. Two or three. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, we were able, I mean, really every post we put up on Instagram, people saw, and we were able to sell courses just with Instagram back in the day. We didn't even do webinars. That's how powerful of a tool it was before they started messing with the algorithm. And there was no paid advertising on Instagram either. So it was no. all organic, which is insane. Yeah. Which is a small business person's dream because we don't have a lot of money to spend on advertising when we're first starting out. We're having to use more guerrilla marketing tactics. It was also the death of the blog, but we'll get yeah. to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we're feeling good. We're launching courses. We have this amazing platform that we can use and we're not having to spend any money on advertising. Well, every good thing comes to an end. And that was the case with Instagram. And I talk a little bit about this in episode one, but I'll never forget. We had just launched a course and this is right after Instagram had started messing with the algorithm and we definitely felt it. There were a lot of things going on politically too that I think impacted that launch. But I remember going into Christmas that year. My team had it off. It was the week after Christmas and realizing, okay, well, our whole entire funnel, our whole entire marketing strategy that we've been using relying on Instagram is no longer are going to work because people aren't seeing our posts. And we knew that Instagram was just going to continue to throttle the amount of views that our posts were getting. So I knew I had to switch it up and I had a week to do it because we had launches coming up the next month. So I remember really beginning to dive in deep and start Google researching. Okay, well, <laughs> Google researching, Google researching. <laughs> That's what I do. I go to the school of Google. <laughs> and for me, I just instinctively, I kind of knew, okay, well, I don't ever want to be in this position again where, you know, we spend all this time and effort and resources into building something and then it's taken away from us. So I knew we had to move more into email marketing. And that's the beauty of email marketing right now, right, is that you own your audience. Now, you can't control whether or not that email goes to spam filter. There are things that you can do, and we'll talk more about that in future episodes about, you know, how can you reduce your emails going to spam? You can't control whether people open your emails and whether they even click your emails. But it really is the only tool out there where you have more control than on other platforms. So like I said, it, we had to completely change our marketing strategy, how we were gathering emails, how we were selling courses. It was kind of a scary time, I have to be honest, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was not an email marketing expert. I think we maybe had like two or 300 emails from students that had purchased our courses and that was it. Yeah. And at once, what, you didn't really send out emails that no. often, which you should have, but you yeah. never did. I mean, you can only do so much with a small team and Back yeah. then, it was a lot more complicated. So, yep. And so we had to change the way we were marketing our courses and, and just beginning to build reciprocity with our audience. And, and if you joined us for an earlier episode, we kind of talked a lot, little bit about how do you build an email list? We're going to go a little bit deeper into that now. But Mary, that was kind of around the time that you joined. Yeah, I was making my way out of the floral design industry because I was about to move and I couldn't take my job with me. So I needed something that 
I could move with. And I love Emily and love working for Emily. So approached her, was looking for a job and got hired for one job and within a few weeks was doing email marketing. So that's how I got into this. I did not know anything about it at all. I mean, when I started out, to give you guys an Rep frame of reference that what we spent the majority of the time doing when we were starting our email marketing list was segmenting out spreadsheets of email addresses based on what actions people took which was horrendous yeah and just a quick recap of why we were doing that is if you're selling for instance a cake design course you don't want to be sending emails to photographers and floral designers uh, they're just not going to be interested in a cake design course. And the email platform we were using at that time didn't allow us to tag our emails. No. So literally, I would export the CSV file, put them into Excel, have to organize them manually, export it, import it back into it. It was just it was becoming a nightmare. We didn't have the flexibility we needed to be able to begin really segmenting our audience. And the reason is you're wanting to do everything you can to make sure you're sending relevant content to your audience. So we knew we had to figure out a new plan. Yeah, so that was where I came in. We needed a new approach to email marketing because Instagram was no longer working, unfortunately. We had to figure out what we were going to do next. So the next few months was spent building up a list. So Mm -hmm. how we built up a list, we've talked a lot about. We were doing free trainings and launches and webinars webinars and you know, Facebook advertising and a lot of different things to build up this list. And it was painful and the worst. I didn't know anything. But now that I do and I feel empowered and empowered to share that knowledge with other people, it is the gold mine, you guys. And it's something that we waited too long on that you don't have to wait on. You can start it now and reap the benefits later. Email marketing is like investing in stocks. You can take a few dollars, aka your time, invest it now and watch it grow and the dividends grow over time. You might not see the benefits right now, but it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do it now for some for the benefits to come back to you in the future. So yeah. really, I just want to get to the basics of email marketing and why I th- what I think people need to know. So Email marketing is important because you get email addresses. I know that sounds really, really basic, but your email addresses are your leads. Imagine somebody coming to you with a list of 100 brides who wanted to book you. That's amazing. Those are leads. Imagine if somebody came to you and said, here's 2,000 people who are interested in what you have to say. It's like that. So you want to collect these email addresses or leads over time because eventually, hopefully, they'll buy something from you whether that be a service or a product, whatever it is. So email addresses are your leads. Really all you need to know from somebody is a couple of things. Their first name. You don't even need their last name, friends. You just need their first name, their email address. And if they are hopefully in a certain field, that's kind of what we focus on. Like obviously if you're a photographer, you don't want a million floral design emails. They're not super useful to you. But you want to know what field they're in, maybe, or if they're a bride or if they're looking to get married, those kind of things, you know, a little bit more about their audience so you can target the messaging that you're sending them. So that's a basic, basic why you want email addresses. The next thing that I want to talk about is CRM and email marketing software. Can you talk a little bit about CRMs, Emily? Because I think you probably have a little bit more experience than I do. 
So CRM sounds a little scary, uh, but it means customer relationship management. And kind of what we, the pain point we talked about earlier, where we are wanting to begin to really be able to tag our customers, get more information, accurately kind of gather information about them so we could send them relevant content. Drip is a platform, is a CRM platform, essentially. Yes, it allows us to, it's a place where we, all of our email addresses live and allows us to send emails and do all these really cool things. But really, it's our database of customers. We're able to see their activity. We're able to see what emails they open. Um, now we're able to see what webinars they attend, what types of actions. That's real. That's a little bit more advanced probably than you're going to want to set up when you're just starting out. But that's what's so amazing about using something like Drip or a CRM or an email software program that is more of a CRM because it really allows you to start sending very customized and targeted messaging to your audience. You know, when we talk about emails, just something I also want to emphasize is this is about building a relationship with your audience. It's about having multiple touch points with your audience. You know, don't get discouraged that if you do a big launch and it's the first time you've put something out in the world and not a lot of people buy it. You know, we found that it can take some customers many months, years before they feel comfortable or before they ha- there's a product that we're offering that's a good fit for them. So just keep in mind, this is just another way for you to have a touch point with your customer in the same way that Instagram is. We just feel like it's a much more effective way over the long term. It's a much more valuable way for you to interact with your customers. You're going to have to pay for probably an email marketing software. A lot of them are free for a certain number of emails that you're sending monthly or a certain number of email addresses that you hold in that account. And choosing one that is a CRM and email marketing software is the way to go. Because again, you might not need the information right now, but in a year when you're ready to sell an online course, it's really nice to know who's on my list, what activity have they been doing, and all of that stuff. A lot of that is tracked automatically through the CRM if you have the email marketing software CRM kind of combo scenario. So really think about that when you're choosing a platform. Um, it's awesome to go and see what people are doing. What are, what are they clicking on? What are they visiting on your website? There's so many integrations that eventually when you have the bandwidth or you know the capability to add more tracking in different places, you can do a lot of that. But most things can integrate directly with these email marketing and CRM platforms. So the email marketing part of the CRM that I want to talk about is the capabilities that it gives you. So as a small business owner you're not able to manually push out emails all the time, right? Especially when, if you think about it, okay, I'm busy during these times. This is when I'm working. This is when I'm using my email and I'm seeing email come in. You want to be sending emails at those exact times that you're on your computer, but you can't be doing that if you're working, right? So you want something that can schedule emails for you. Scheduling is the best thing in the world. We used to send a lot of things manually and then we got Drip, which allows us to automate and do things based on customer responses and opens and a lot of crazy stuff. But even just the scheduling feature is worth it alone to be able to know, okay, I sat here today and I planned out my newsletter for the next four weeks and they're all ready to go and I don't have to do anything or think about it it's worth its weight in gold. I mean, your time is valuable. So that's a big reason to start using email marketing software as well. And that's one thing to look for is the automation capabilities. There are some out there that are a little bit easier to use for newbies. There's one called ActiveCampaign that I heard is pretty easy to use. It's obviously not the one that we use. We use Drip because 
again, when we started, I didn't know what I was doing and I needed something that worked like my brain did and drip just makes sense to me. But active campaign is similar, apparently. So could check that one out. So those are a couple basic things. So what an email address does for you. Where are you going to put them, the email marketing software? How you gather them is through lead pages, which we've mentioned before. So I'm not going to go into super detail, but it's a lead. It's like a landing page platform. It basically lets you make web pages without having to have a developer make the page for you. So yeah, if you got, I mean, I always like to think of it, think of a funnel, right? And so the top part of the funnel is the biggest. And that's kind of where the lead lead page comes in. That's lead pages. So that's where you build the website. It's super easy to do. They have templates that you can use. That's where you're gathering the email address. How are people getting to that page? It's because you're promoting co- free content to them, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's through paid advertising, whether that's through a webinar, whether that's through a podcast. You're saying, hey, go to this link to download, view, etc. And then that's how you collect the email address. And then as you get further down the funnel, that's where you start to begin nurturing people, sending them more free content, sending them more information. And hopefully at the end, it ends up being a great fit and they purchase whatever product or service that you're offering. Great. So... I want to talk a little bit about some other basic things that you should know if you're starting out in email marketing. If you're starting out, don't spend a whole lot of time on graphics. So that's what you're probably used to seeing in your inbox is some beautiful graphics from, you know, outdoor voices, outdoor voices. but actually like outdoor voices has one of the most simple templates. They just send an image with a button. And the reason is, is because text-based emails work better than image-based emails. People want to feel like they're personally talking to someone or they're seeing a personal email come into their inbox. Also, Google throttles images. And if you have an image in your email, then they're probably going to, they're like, ooh, is this spam? I don't know. So they might put it into spam, especially if you're sending out a lot of them. So text-based emails are good. Personalizing emails is good. Email marketing software makes it really easy to personalize emails. And by that, I just mean putting little special messages in with their name or their profession, whatever is easiest. And Mary, what should you spend the most time on? The copy in the email, the graphic in the email, or the subject line? You should definitely spend the most time on the subject line, you guys. So like Emily said, even if somebody doesn't open your email, which that's the ultimate goal, you're they're, they're still seeing the message that you're sending, one. You're in front of their face, two. Like they're still seeing your name. But three, you do want them to open the email. So spending time on a subject line is really important. And we have played with a lot of different subject lines and you guys make it super complicated because you're always changing your behavior. But (laughs) there are a few kind of things that tend to work a little bit. Um, One, two pieces of advice I want to give you is always deliver what you're saying in your subject line inside of the email. Don't be tricky. And two, be concise and be specific. So you guys are lucky. You're working with probably one type of audience. We are catering to a lot of different industries, a lot of different people, a lot of different industries, which makes it more difficult. The more specific your audience is, actually, the easier it is to create subject lines. Yeah, like you are you're going to want to be talking to them and make something stand out in their inbox that is specific to them that they're like, oh, I am interested in learning the newest flower that I can get at the wholesale market. Like that's a, that's a very specific subject line or, you know, the camera setting you didn't know that you needed things like that, that only photographers or florists would want to open. So specific subject lines really, really help. And 
once you get somebody in the email, you want them to click. So putting links in your email is really important. But the specific subject lines and being kind of concise is helpful. One thing that I also want to point out that we've learned over time that I didn't know when I started, I didn't know this until super recently, is the consistency of how often you send emails is very important. So even though you're not specifically you know, having to pay to get your emails delivered or anything like that. There are rules and algorithms that Google follows that will put emails into trash or spam. If you send, you know, 3,000 emails once every few months or you send the same thing with the same subject line over and over and over and over and over again, Google's going to think that it's spam. So think about what spam looks like. Don't do that stuff. Be consistent. Send things that... um, Send things to people on a regular basis. Ask for responses. Response tracking is really important too. So if people are responding to your email, so ask them to come, you know, come back with a question, anything. So those things will kind of keep you out of spam, hopefully. Another great way to kind of test subject lines is see what other people are doing. Sign up for other email newsletters, brands that you love, admire, see how they're doing it. Sign up for competitors' newsletters. Yeah, internally, we send emails back and forth a lot um, that we think are interesting that but catch our, I'm always looking for something that stops me, right? Because we're getting so much information thrown at us. If something stops me, I think about, okay, what is it that made me stop for literally three seconds to pay attention to it? Because that's what I want people to do when we're putting up posts and we're sending emails. You know, I want to be engaging with them enough to get them to stop in their tracks. Yeah, I want you to be clever, but not tricky. So you want people to open your emails, but you don't want to trick people. I've seen that in the past. I've seen people use cuss words to try to get me to open emails or They're being deceptive. They're They're saying something, but then when they open up, it's not really. Yeah, you want to be truthful. I mean, you can be clever and kind of funny and funny, but don't be don't lie so that's a big one don't lie yeah so just kind of to recap you know when you're thinking about email you're thinking about you know who's the from right is it your brand is it your name we've tested both recently we've been using names over brands at if i may we found that people want that more personal relationship you're thinking about the subject line because that's the that's going to be the reason why someone opens up an email so you actually as simple as it makes as it seems and like how not important it is it's actually really important then you're going to want to be thinking about the headline you know newspapers that's obviously the one of the things they spend the most time on is what's the headline because they know that's what's going to pull someone in so what's the headline on the graphic or you know is it some type of introduction that first sentence that's going to pull someone in if it's a text-based email and then what's the call to action is it to send someone to go to a blog post article is it to go to a video is it to check out a podcast you know what's the reason why they're taking that next step cta call to action that is a really important one that i forgot to mention only ask people to do one thing per email this is something that i had to learn pretty early on with emily is she's like you can only ask people to do one thing in an email so if you want somebody to sign up for a webinar only talk about your webinar don't talk Mm -hmm. about your webinar and a course you want them to watch a replay ask them to watch the replay one thing per email is the way to go because you don't want to Making people think too much is not great. You want them to act on instinct, see something, be like, ooh, that sounds good, and go to it. So 
one call to action per email. For those of you who maybe aren't ready to launch an online course or, you know, launch a new business or add a new product to your business, but you're just wanting to grow your existing business and your service-based business. So you're a wedding planner, photographer, florist. We actually talk a lot of, this is something that I'm, I'm hearing a lot from the vendor community right now is, is I know it's important for me to start an email list, but I'm not quite sure how to do it with brides. I don't know. I just, I don't know where to start. So not only are we going to share some ideas that you can begin your email list with next, but I also want to encourage you to go back to episode five. We spent actually quite a few minutes talking about how do you start a list if you're a service-based provider and you're not wanting to launch an online course or a product. Um, We give some really great tips in that episode. So be sure to check out episode five for that. And then now Mary actually has kind of pulled together some ideas that you can take today to begin building your email list. Okay, so there are a million things that you can email your list. Are you ready? Here's a few ideas. So a great one that kind of goes to both sides of the coin, whether you're just a service provider emailing your list or if you're trying to sell something and you have a list that you're warming up for that, a tip of the week. So something that you do that you really think is valuable that you could come up with maybe eight to ten that's eight to 10 emails right there that you can send out every week. Your emails don't have to be long. They just have to grab somebody's attention, get your name in front of their face. Boom, there you go. Another idea is pricing and business advice. So think about the things that you've learned while you've been in the industry that maybe young people who are signed up for your list if you're a vendor and there are other vendors would wanna hear. Obviously, if you're a vendor and you have pricing advice and business advice, don't send that to your brides. But that's what the segmenting is for that we talked about earlier. Separate your brides from your vendors. Um, the next thing that you might could send out to your list is what's working this week for you on social media. That's a great one. Sharing social media tips. Not everybody's as savvy as you. This is something that we have to work on a lot with um, some of our experts and internal is we all feel like we don't know anything, right? But you know more than the majority of the people who are following you probably. So don't feel like something's too basic. Share it. Share it in an email. Somebody's going to learn something from it. And regardless, you're getting your name in front of somebody's face. Um, Another thing that is really fun, this will be fun for you to work on. If you're working on inspiration boards or mood boards and things like that, or what's inspiring you or a roundup of blogs that you're following, inspiration is always a great thing to learn. You're not asking anything from somebody in return. It's just a great here. I wanted to share this with you. I thought you would like it kind of thing. And the last thing is in episode five, we talked a lot about warming up content and like videos and things like that, that you could be sending to your list. So obviously that's something that you could be emailing to people as well. Once you do have their email, don't stop giving them stuff, email them more videos, more links, keep them on the line. You're going to want to keep encouraging them and keep instilling that you're the expert that they want to learn from. Mary, those are all really awesome tips. And if you want to learn even more about building your email list, sign up for our webinar that we're hosting right now. We've got so many great tips that we're sharing, how to build your list, how to host a webinar. We're talking all things lead gen and building your audience and growing your audience and selling services and products online. So Mary, how can people sign up for this webinar? The webinars that are actually happening this week, you can go to the show notes and find the link and sign up where it says, hey, want to sign up for the webinar? Click this link right here. It's exactly going to say that. Maybe not. Just kidding. But click the link where it says sign up for the webinar. It'll probably also be in our Instagram profile if you want to see that. Or if you want to visit our website, it's probably also on there if I made.com. Great. 
Well, we've got more episodes coming your way next week. We're talking about how to transition from being a service provider to an expert. So you're ready to kind of make a little shift in your business, add another service or product around education. So how do you do it and how do you know if you're ready? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking marketing steps, things that you need to be doing, actual things to physically do and send into the world to get yourself ready to start selling a course. Woohoo! Hi there. Make sure to go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep coming back to you because we want to know that you're listening. <laughs>